Yeah. Scott, I'm surprised you don't think in bars now. Like, you know, you pump your tires up to like, you know, three bar or whatever. It's the bar just seems less accurate. Uh-huh. That seems like more your style, <laughs> though, bro. Just like no, give me three I'm bars, roughly. Up once a month. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we'll we'll let Nerdy Dylan chime in also- here. What up, party people? We managed to get the full crew in the studio this week, and we talked Whiskey 50 and the keegan Sophia domination this year, Tyler's local racing from this past weekend, how Dylan bonked so hard he couldn't even finish his ride, and more. If you have any questions or feedback for the show, hit us up at bonkbrospodcast at gmail.com, or find your way into those Insta DMs, hit us up. All right, let's get this party started. Your hair, this looks like straight out of the 90s, like boy band right now. You just need to dye the tips blonde. Dude, That's I've it. been I've been wanting to frost my tips like all year. Are you serious? Dude, I even I even got like a, a, a kit for it. But it You takes got like, a like, frosty like, tip kit. Well, I mean like a hair dye kit or whatever, like a bleach mm-hmm. bleach your hair kit. But it yeah. takes like two hours. Like I read the instructions and you have to have like two spare hours to just like sit there and let it sit in. I just don't have yeah. two hours to give to that, dude. I think that the I think that the new trend in uh, American off-road cycling is blonde hair, and I mean we can probably guess why. It's because the fastest male off-road cyclist right now has blonde hair. But I feel like I saw a lot of dudes with blonde hair at Sea Otter. Yeah. Not not naturally blonde, like they definitely dyed it. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. Hair. What people like actually dye their hair? Oh yeah. I mean, you think that all these chicks are blonde? Most chicks are not naturally blonde. They dye their hair. Yeah, it's I don't think... New, it's a new thing, man. Yeah, I don't think Keegan dyes his hair blonde. I think he's naturally blonde. Oh, but. no. I th- he definitely dyes his... I mean, I, I think he maybe is naturally blonde, but I think he like dyes it more blonde. Oh, does he? Yeah. How do you know that? Because I've seen him post on social media of like, stuff in his hair. Oh, like doing it. All right. All right. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. I thought he was naturally blonde. Yeah. I guess his hair is like really shockingly blonde. Yeah. So like he might be sense. like a like a dark blonde, but now yeah. he's like super highlighted gotcha. blonde. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I was gonna just do the tips to like bring back the nineties <laughs> yeah. boy band. Yeah. I mean, you're halfway. You're definitely halfway there right now. I don't think nineties boy bands had beards. <clears throat> no, I need like the goatee or something. Yeah, just the goatee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's gross <laughs> <laughs> nice dude yeah. scott what have you been up to biking you're back to biking i've been biking i don't follow you on strava so i don't know i don't upload to strava I kept texting so I <laughs> dude Look, I oh, you're back on the bike and I'm <laughs> you're like yeah, I, I know because that was dude, me who did that it is it is actually I, I will say I'll do like a big ride or something. And then the amount of people that, I don't know, they DM me on Instagram saying like, oh, that was such a crazy ride today, man. Yeah, like yeah. put that in the comments on Strava. On, <laughs> yeah, after. Uh, Wait, people after, like, you're saying people, they they reach out to you not on Strava. They like actually not on Strava. text you. I've had and, people email what? me. E, like what? people I don't know email me like, like they, saying they that was such to, like, a crazy training, Strava ride. Your coaching website, find your email, and then email you. That's <laughs> well. Weird. So a lot of times they'll like email me about something else too. But in there they'll be like, "Oh, P.S. That was a crazy Strava ride you just." <laughs> oh my gosh! 
in the, so in the po- in the Strava post that I made from Sea Otter, I was talking about how like it wasn't really a bad race. Like my power numbers were fine. It was just the competition was crazy. So and your start like, sucked. Well, the start too. Yeah, the start sucked. Um, but and then there were people arguing in my comment section about whether or not uh, my bad performance was due to the fact that I'm vegan. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably if I ate meat, I would have gotten 29th instead of yeah, 30th. So 30th. <laughs> Wait, were you 30th in the Grand Prix? I was 22nd. Oh, so dude, that's the, only, in, that's the only result that matters. Yeah, I guess. I should have said that on Instagram. I should have said I got 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, when are you racing next? I think the end of this month. Sick. What race? Giro. I don't know what that is. Should I know mm-hmm. what that is? Is that like a big race? Uh... I also don't know what 1.1 means. Well, you're not, you don't follow. Dude, this is how removed from, this is how much of a gravel pro I am. Uh, I don't even know what UCI rankings mean. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of. So is it, so like in, in cyclocross, there's like C1s, C2s, and then there's world cups. Yeah. Uh, So is this like a C1.1 you're saying? Uh, I don't know if equivalent. Dude, you don't even know, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking World shit about how I don't know about cycling and then you're you you're in pro road know, in Europe and I you don't know even know. It's like you can have a point one that's way harder. Wait, so so isn't like World Tour point pro kind of redundant? Point pro. That's what they call it. Yeah. Is like just to confirm to everyone like hey, this is an actual pro race? Like a one point pro or a two it's called pro series. Mm. Pro series. Oh, pro series, okay. That like those races will have probably like eight, mm-hmm. and then a point one five on average. But some some won't have any, and some will have. Wow. Just, I don't even, I don't know how to decide. Mm. Well, thanks for that breakdown. That was informative. Yeah, I thought it was pretty. Fun. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad you're riding. Is your knee better? Okay. You don't have a cyst on your knee anymore. Um. No, I don't okay. think so. I mean, there might be a cyst there, but it yeah. S- screw it, dude. Who cares if there's a cyst? Yeah, my head's better, thanks. Oh, yeah, I forgot about your head, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's been so long since you're on this podcast that I just forgot all the problems you have with your body. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, uh, Dylan, what have you been up to, man? Uh, I've just been... I was uh, attempting to do a 30-hour week, and then I was get real close yesterday. I was at like 28 hours of riding in the last seven days, and then I... I cracked in the last like hour of my ride and cut it short. And I actually got a ride. I got a ride back home with uh, this lady who's like a fan of my YouTube channel. She was like coming back from a ride in her car. Like just randomly? Yeah. Well, I was on the side of the road. I was thinking about calling Nina, but Nina didn't. You like cracked it. that hard that you like couldn't even make it home? I <laughs> cracked really hard, man. I think the problem was that I was like attempting to also do some tempo intervals, but I was already very fatigued at the beginning of the ride. Like I should have just done zone two yesterday and that's it. But I, I attempted to do some tempo intervals as well. And I cracked really bad to the point that I was barely even able to hold zone two. So I was like, man, I need to call Nina. And then this lady gave me a ride home instead. (laughs) Yeah. She, she was in her car. Like I didn't ride on the, I didn't ride like on her bike, like holding onto her. (laughs) Oh no, she drove him. No, she drove me and she had a, yeah, I was in Rosman. Well, I could have, but how far is that? Rosman? It's only like, uh, I don't know, 20 miles away. 
Well, it depends on which depends on which way you go. If I had taken the busiest, most dangerous road, it probably would have been like fifteen miles. Sick. Yeah. So that's what I've been up to. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So I'm taking a rest day today, and then I don't know. We'll we'll reevaluate tomorrow. So I'm, I'm looking at your Strava. So did you like did you like stop your ride and then start a new ride? Yeah. So I stopped, and then I was like, I'm gonna call Nina, and then I didn't have any service. So I ate a bar and thought about what I should do. And I was like, well, I need to get to a place where there's service. So then I rode until I got service. And then I was like, and then I was like, I'm going to call Nina now. And then the woman picked me up. Dude, that's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. What up, Tyler? What up? Welcome. Did uh, Dylan, are you the type of Strava person that logs their morning commute to? If I were to commute anywhere, I guess I would. I mean, my commute is like as a morning walk, five feet from my bedroom to my office. So you could still track that. It's fine for sure. How many TSS is that? It's got to be at least one, right? One TSS, quarter of a TSS point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. So, uh, what happened this past week? Whis- whiskey fifty. Was there anything else notable? Mm. Don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think Scott, were there any road races? There's always a well yeah, that anyone cares about. There's always a road race. <laughs> yeah, we Scott, were... you got you got predictions for the Giro. I don't. What is HPH? <laughs> <laughs> What's his team, dude? Oh, that team, dude. <laughs> like, a, like a local race or like a big like a race that someone would have heard of. <laughs> dude, they won a one point one, bro. You don't know about one point ones. Was that like a Sunny King crit or like what is that? <laughs> no, it's it's a it's 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 a actual pro race, and you know that because it's called the Pro One Point One. Dude, they won the Wednesday Night World Championship stop sign sprint. You didn't know that, <laughs> Scott? Who who won? Dude, Scott's just uh, tuning out. Where's he from? Sick, Scott. You got predictions for the Giro? <laughs> All right, cool. You think uh, you think Remco is going to take it? Uh, I honestly haven't. Even- I mean, it's like it's uh, Remco and um, why can I not Roglic? Yeah, yeah, those yeah. are the those are the two big ones, right? What happened? What happened? Did anybody watch the stage this morning? Uh, I was I was working way too much on my video. Oh, is it started already? Started What's today. Oh, okay, it's just a recap of Sea Otter. Don't worry, we already talked all about it last week, so we don't need to. <laughs> we're not gonna, dude. We're not gonna spend twenty minutes talking about Sea Otter again. But I didn't. What you happened? should listen to the show, man. Carrie was on no, last I'm, week. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you're never gonna know about Sea Otter. What, did you ride like a? Fun no, dude. Actually, I dude, won the race. Dylan, Dylan was winning the race. I, I like a while. I did. I did win the I, race. Actually, I did. Although you couldn't. Did down. you see me? Did you see me off the front? You. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but like you couldn't tell. I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. Whoever was off the front, that was Dylan. <laughs> so what, what happened at the Oh my gosh, do we really have to talk about this again? Dylan I, wanted to hit his best 90-second <laughs> power record ever. Yeah. He was doing the pro he was doing the pro fade move, but he he faded a little bit too hard. So he so turned into an amateur. So race. so basically I just I sprinted as hard as I could up the first climb, which I assumed everybody else was gonna do, but for some reason everybody else didn't do that. And I was off the front for probably the first minute of the race. And then in the last 30 seconds before we hit the single track, I would say 40 or 50 guys passed me. Holy! It was a lot, dude. It was so bad that, so 
It was a yeah. lot. Yeah, it was a lot of Why dudes passed. I did. That's all I had. He was smoked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're like, don't you like feel doing? Yeah, that? I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking clearly in the moment. Like I thought, so I saw that I was like in first, and I was like, all right, I'm in good position. I didn't realize I actually had a gap over the rest of the field. I had no idea. I just assumed that like Keegan and Blevins were right there. And and when he came, when because I was by the hole shot, like watching when he came through the hole shot, I had assumed that he like dropped his chain at the start that's how far back he was <laughs> <laughs> no man that thing was stuck on there with all the wax all the silk yeah. wax <laughs> it was, thing wasn't yeah. budging <laughs> um yeah so that's sea otter in a nutshell and uh keegan won the race obviously so yep yeah uh, how'd, your, how'd your race go didn't you have a race this weekend i did yeah last saturday it was not sea otter did the arrow socks stay up dude no, I so lucky. <laughs> luckily for me, the um, the the side the medium pair came in just in time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna rock the arrow socks. And um, I like, dude, I hit one puddle on like the rollout or like maybe some wet grass, and like the left one just like started sliding down. And I eventually like pulled it up, and it seemed to it seemed to hold pretty well, but. Those, uh, yeah, Dude, I think I even need to get some Elmer's glue to hold. I don't know. Over. I don't know what the deal is. Why everybody's having issues with the arrow socks? I have no problems having arrow socks stay up. I have I have worn arrow socks with no sort of adhesive in a straight up rain race. Like it's pouring rain during the race, and the socks stay. Dude, put. I think I know what it is. Dylan what? doesn't shave his legs below his sock line, so his hair is like Velcro oh. holding it up. <laughs> Dude, that must be it. Yeah, I also I also don't shave above or uh, above the bib line. So you know, when I'm not wearing shorts, it looks like I'm wearing shorts. Is that just like extra extra like airfoils? Like Carrie's idea of taping socks to his ankles, kind of thing. Is like, like <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's probably against her request, but <laughs> it's for air. Is the crop top by her request or? Uh, yeah, for sure. She loves crop tops. <laughs> Perfect. So do you shave below the crop top line, but not above? Uh, I don't have to shave anything on my torso. I grow no hair there. <laughs> I don't have enough testosterone for that. Uh, uh, yeah. So the arrow socks did not, it stayed up. They stayed up fine after the part, uh, after like the, like once I pulled them up again, but, um, yeah, man, it, it was one of those races where like, it, I don't know. It, it didn't obviously like blast off the line. We had kind of like a neutral rollout until a certain point, And then it was um, just trying to like stay towards the front wheels. I was a little not like there was a little bit of a curveball because I had assumed we were going to go blitzing down this fire track road and like until we hit single track and it was going to be a big scrum to get there. And then just as I'm kind of like we turn off the road onto the double track, which theoretically carried on for a while. And then all of a sudden they just like turned us right up this other like double track road that I had never ever ridden before, nor was it in the course file. So mm. thankfully it had like a long climb and that kind of sorted things out. But by the first, I would say by the time we finally got to the single track after like, I don't know, a mile or so, maybe like less of, of that fire road, like the group was just shattered and it was a, our front group of like five was already pretty well sorted out five or six. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was a couple of, couple of local dudes that, they just set a pace on like the first climb that I would have just like put me way, way over into the red. And, uh, 
yeah, they, that was basically what happened. Those guys rode away that I was just rolling with one guy on my wheel, which was like, we hit probably like the, the for like second kind of steep climb. And this guy was just like, Oh man, dude, I'm like, I'm already cracked. Like I'm barely hanging on. And I'm like, okay, sick. Like this guy is like, he's going to pop. Like, I just got to keep like riding all these hot climbs, like kind of hard. And for the next like 35 miles, he proceeded just to like hang my wheel the whole time. Be like, oh man, Classic. you're rolling really good. Like I'm totally <laughs> cracked. And I'm like, bro, if you're talking right now, you are not cracked. Um, yeah. But eventually I caught him in the full, in, or I sorry, I popped him off in like the last like technical uh, uphill climbing single track section and then just like kind of went all in. Um, mm-hmm. And they had a, so I, I finished like 10 minutes back from the, from the front three um, but for like 40 miles, uh, they did it in like 242, and then I was at like 252. Um, mm-hmm. And I was trying to do some negotiating because at the start they were like, "Oh, there's a there's a bonus $300 purse for anybody that goes under 305." And so that was like in the back of my head. Right? It was like, "Okay, if I go under 305, like maybe I could get on in on this like split, you know?" And I was trying to I was trying to grease some palms, but no one was uh yeah no one was interested in making you know splitting the three hundred dollars four or five ways is it the so. first person Wait, to go what? under 305 or everyone who goes under 305 well so th- yeah so it was like a i think they they thought that there would be only like one person that would go under and it ended up going to just the winner mm-hmm. um but they did not specify that it goes to just the winner in the uh in the pre-race meeting they were just like there's a purse for anybody that goes under 305 see anybody that's like what i mean that could go to f- 10 people if 10 fast people show up <laughs> it, i think it did i mean it was just like a fast course um mm-hmm. this year but yeah ended up ended up fourth did not make uh you know an extra i was trying to like make it like an extra 70 bucks you know to come my way but no okay. dice yeah yeah there's a local race here that they'll give you i think it's 500 dollars if you break the course record is it yeah yeah so obviously that can only go is to it, one is it so it's whoever person. sets the new new course record. Yeah, if you set the new course record, you get five hundred dollars, which I think is smart. Um, you know, it's kind of a cool way to do it. And then obviously, only one person will get that because once you've set the course record, the person in second place is already behind the course record. Yes, Fair. that is how math works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a fun. It was a fun race. I had my had my U sweet pack mm-hmm. on. Had my Aero socks. Wow. I probably. That probably saved me like 10 minutes right there. So, hmm. yeah. Unfortunately, full, so did first and second and third. Full nerd mode. <laughs> did they also have packs and arrow socks on? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They just rocked up with like uh, the the guy that got ended up getting third. He's a, a young kid that goes to the, the college or the university. And I was like right behind him. And this dude had like no nothing in his pockets besides like a multi-tool and like a tire <laughs> and i was just like I was, How, well, it's like good luck and it's a three-hour race it's uh it's like a 40 mile 40 mile race yeah yeah so dude that's baller. I, I talked to him after i was like hey man just curious i saw you didn't have any snacks <laughs> what's up with that and he i don't know he just had two bottles full of full of mix or whatever and oh, oh was, okay so he had something it, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he had something. And it wasn't particularly hot, so it wasn't like, you know, you were dousing yourself with Dude, water or anything. You know what uh you know what Adam Robert uh, talking about bottles full of mix. You know what Adam Robert does for fueling? This is like the most Canadian thing you've ever heard of. He just fills an entire bottle with maple syrup. 
That's amazing. And that's like that's like his gels for the race. That's basically all his fuel for the race. He said he'll take in some electrolytes too, but almost all of the carbohydrates that he's taking in for a race is just from this one maple syrup bottle. Dude, but didn't Dude. didn't he lose that bottle at Sea Otter? Yeah, he did. <laughs> How'd that work out for him? Uh, yeah, I, uh, not great. He said on the second lap, he saw it and he picked it back up. And he said that he, you know, instead of spreading the calories evenly throughout the race, he said he drank almost all the entire bottle in the second lap. Oh man. <laughs> oh. That's an expensive. Is it? How, I don't even, how expensive is maple syrup? It can't be more expensive than gels. It'd probably be like $12. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Depend- yeah. Cause it, I guess a 24 ounce bottle I feel like, like yeah it could be like 20 bucks probably i feel like there's very cheap maple syrup and then there's very expensive well maple i don't syrup, think right? he's like putting aunt jemima's in there he's canadian he's yeah. gotta yeah. be putting the real stuff yeah, yeah i don't know uh i don't know what the ratio like uh i don't know if it's the optimal glucose to fructose ratio to be honest with you i haven't looked into it dude you can get a five-gallon bucket of pure-grade Vermont maple syrup for two hundred and sixty bucks. Dude, he doesn't get that Vermont shit. He gets the <laughs> he gets the Canadian stuff. I can't find any Canadian stuff. Oh, you got to browse from the Canadian website. Oh, gotta on, that's right. I got to do .ca. Honestly, we we should yeah. get Adam Robert on the podcast again so that he can talk about it. We Honestly, can just, I, can just that's like a really good idea. Yeah, just take just just taking a full like. I mean, maybe not an entire like. 12 to 24 ounce bottle but just having yeah. like i don't know a uh one of those little flasks would be would be perfect maybe a usui pack full of like cut maple syrup full of maybe maple a usui pack two liters of maple syrup in a usui pack yeah dude, uh, yeah <laughs> 24 do, ounces you, of pure maple syrup at walmart is 45 bucks dude that is expensive That's dude lot. you could probably I do the whole ram table sugar <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just just dump sugar in your bottle. You know, you know how you know how a um like a big thing with nutrition companies is GI distress and and taking in enough calories during like Unbound, for example. Like the it's like all about balancing GI distress versus you know not bonking. Um, and GI distress is just a big thing amongst ultra endurance sports because you got to take in fuel while you're working hard. Uh, I've thought about like what if you had uh, like a pack, for example, that then, um, you know, was, was hooked up to you intravenous intravenously. And it just shot, uh, it just shot glucose into your veins. So you just completely bypass, um, your gut. Like you don't have to, you don't have to take in calories via your mouth. It just goes straight into your bloodstream. Would that a be legal and B be possible for gravel for gravel. I'm sure it would be legal for every other UCI regular discipline. No, it would not because there's a strict no needle policy. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, dude. Maybe that's what maybe that's what Team Type One is doing. They're just getting shots of. They are technically just getting shots of glucose, right? What is Team Type Novo, One? Novo Nordisk Type One Diabetes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a game changer right there, you know, because then you could just having diabetes <laughs> or getting the intravenous. <laughs> no, because then it, intravenous intravenous glucose, because then you don't have to. Because then who cares about your GI system? You know, you just your your blood glucose levels can just remain stable, and you can get the perfect amount of glucose pumping in there all race, and you don't even have to worry about fueling. You just it just have, ha- have that thing on your pack, and it just pumps it in slowly. 
I have two questions about this. One is, can you get a, a remote on your handlebars to increase the amount of glucose being injected mm-hmm. to meet the demands of your body? That's smart. Yeah. No, that's yeah, like, like when you're, if I, if I made this, I would definitely have that. Yeah. And two, where would you put the, the machine for the optimal arrow uh, positioning? I mean, I think the pack, right? The pack is already more arrow. So that's where you put it. You'd put it in your pack yeah, and then it just pump like instead of a hose, you know, a hose that goes to your mouth, the hose would just go straight into your veins. It's like, it's like the matrix kind of thing. Like you get plugged in through like the back of your skull. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, actually, you'd have a special helmet. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a beer helmet. It was also Arrow. (laughs) And if you crash, then hopefully, like, the whole thing doesn't just give you brain damage. Yeah. I think Scott is regretting that he made time to come on this episode at this point. (laughs) Dude, are you kidding me? This is Scott's favorite time of the day. (laughs) Scott, how's your ping pong playing been coming? I haven't played in a while. You know what my new... What? Pickleball. Well, I haven't done it. You're out. Spearfishing. <laughs> oh, sick. Spearfishing. I've got a snow. Mm. So were you trying one. to like grab the fish with your hands? No, I just don't. I haven't figured out. Like, here you mm. to get, like, <laughs> Dude, just just tell them that you race pro 1.1s. <laughs> I can tell them, that, but I have to. And like, I don't know. <laughs> mm. Would you like, can you like find a guide service to take you? I could try. Well, yeah, but it seems like you can't figure it out on your own, though. Yeah. Just go hang out by the wharf. The internet, do you do you live close enough that you just like walk over to the ocean? No, you just take okay. A bus. Sweet. Yeah. Mm. It was pretty do you sweet. have you seen other people doing it? Um. <laughs> <laughs> why, why don't you just snorkel over there and scope it out? <laughs> yeah. Do you speak any Spanish? <laughs> uh, okay. Let us why know next episode. I don't know because you live in Spain. Uh, you don't. You're not doing like Rosetta Stone or. Link, Duolingo Lingo, or something. Duolingo. Uh, I've tra- and yeah. It checks out. They talk and you don't like... like oh, yeah. I have food. heard that. Dude, I bet if you drop some Spanish on them, they'd, they'd, they'd roll with you. Everyone speaks... Because they, they know that you're not <laughs> local because you're not... Speak, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many languages do you speak? Barely. No. <laughs> yeah, barely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Spanish was actually my lowest grade in high school out of all the classes I took. I think I got a C. Slack it. Yep. Uh, so Whiskey 50? Okay, Keegan, Keegan wins again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I th- and Sophia won the women's race too, so back-to-back wins for both of them. They both won both races. She won, she won the I know. crit too. Back-to-back-to-back for both of them. Did, Did no, quick. dude. Back to back to back to back. They they both have, they're both four for four this year because BWR area. Have they have both of them not lost a race yet? Well, Keegan did go to Cape Epic. Yeah, so, so I guess technically he's day. like four for ten. Yeah, I I think that shouldn't count. Yeah, real racing shouldn't count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was he in the lifetime Grand Prix athletes that were at uh, Cape Epic? Mm. No. That's a good. Uh, that's a he definitely wasn't first because Matt Beers is in the is in the true. Grand yeah, okay. Prix. So, so so he would have been second. second. Well, I don't know if there's anyone between. Lachlan might have been third. Well, but they're on the same team, so well, yeah. That? But Keegan was pulling Lachlan around, so yeah, we kind of know. Yeah, that. but did Lachlan technically like finish before him when they crossed the line every day, or what? Ooh. You know, you know. What I'm I saying? don't think so. <laughs> It'd be kind of a dick move, but maybe. <laughs> All right. Well. Yeah, in U.S. races, both Keegan and Sophia are undefeated. Yeah, Adam, real quick, did did he who won? Do you remember who won the crit 
the last time you guys we were all in Bentonville? Was it Keegan then too? No, I think it was um I, I think it was Cole Patton. Okay. Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. I, I want to say he won the sprint, the field sprint. Wow. Yeah. Cole had a good race at Whiskey. He was second. Yeah. Um, yeah he's on one. He was what, I, third or fourth at or he was four, four. he was fourth at Sea Otter. Yeah, he's he's yeah. strong, man. Um right. definitely strong at the mountain bike races. We'll see see how he does at the gravel races and the Grand Prix. He wasn't able to do unbound last year because i think he was sick um so i don't know he definitely seems like he's stronger in the mountain bike races than the gravel races which makes sense because he's a mountain biker have you heard of anyone like this year that is opting out of unbound since they're since you get two drop races now yeah um carrie's uh no 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 actually carrie's doing unbound uh i actually i don't know i don't know if carrie said he was opting out of leadville okay he just, he really doesn't want to do Leadville. Um, and I think I heard somebody else saying they're going to opt out of Leadville because, oh, Adam Roberge said he was going to opt out of Leadville because he just hates altitude. It's fair. Or maybe, I, I'm mixing those two up, which one hates altitude and which one doesn't, but they're both opting out of Leadville. I haven't heard yeah. anyone opt out of Unbound. And Matt Beers will be at Unbound, right? Yeah. He's coming back for that. Yeah, and we, I think that's a really good race for him. Um but he was saying that he struggles in the heat, which is surprising to me because it seems like he races in the heat a lot. Yeah, I mean, he didn't <clears throat> he didn't clarify. Like, I don't know if that means like like he does a lot of racing in the heat, but maybe it's like shorter races. Like maybe yeah. nine hours in the heat is where he'll suffer. I don't. Yeah, if if Unbound is hot this year, it's going to be a very different race to last year because. So you would think that normally if it's a rain race that's a survivable race like everybody's just trying to survive to the finish but last year the conditions actually weren't that bad in the rain like the gravel conditions weren't that bad in the rain except for like this one section towards the end that you basically had to run uh so it made the race way faster because everybody was not overheating and w- able to put out way more power but if it's a hot year at unbound I mean, at least historically speaking, it kind of turns into a race of survival because people just start, you know, you get you get 100 miles in and in that second 100 miles, people just start like cramping and bonking and blowing up and having, you know, heat stroke and just like people are just like passing out on the side of the road nonstop in the second half of the race. I mean, 2021 was a hot year. And I remember looking at the start list thinking, wow, this is a stacked field. And half the pros in that field didn't even finish the race, Mm. which was not the case. Like how how hot is hot? I think like the high was 90 or something or maybe 85 or 90. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't insanely hot. But when you're out there for 10 hours in that kind of weather, uh, like heat gets exponentially, even if the temperature... the temperature goes up throughout the day, but even if the temperature were to stay the same throughout the entire day, um, how much it's affecting your physical performance obviously goes up throughout the race because you're getting more dehydrated throughout the race. Um, I mean, in an ideal world, you wouldn't be getting more dehydrated, but that's just what ends up happening when you're, when you're Mm -hmm. racing. And the UV rays are stronger when the sun's like above you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, well, right now the 30 day forecast shows 80 and thunderstorming on Saturday, June 3rd. So All right. we'll, we'll keep updating that each week, bringing you li- live updates, extended forecast for unbound. Or get me, get me on the ground to test the gravel. <laughs> yeah. Tyler, are you going to be there? No. 
Why not? Because no, I, d- I don't influence hard enough to go to Unbound. So why would you go to Unbound? <laughs> Great question, <laughs> dude. Scott, don't get us in trouble again, man. Dude, the f- <laughs> the very first piece. So in the very first episode of Bonk Bros ever. Scott, you were like talking about how much Unbound sucks and you hate Unbound and it must suck to do and it's not fun, right? Our, my, the very first piece of feedback that I got about the podcast ever, like this was the first person to DM me about the podcast, said that they hated the episode because we were talking about how much Unbound sucks and like, you know, Unbound's actually, you know, our, our audience wouldn't appreciate that because Unbound's actually really fun. I would I, like if I ever went to Unbound, I would do like just the hundred, you know, extra small gravel um, <laughs> style. But like, yeah, the Unbound two hundred is not. I'm not built for that kind of. Yeah, I mean, town, isn't it? I mean, they they definitely. Yeah, it is a college town, but during the Unbound weekend, there's way more people there than have ever gone to college at that school. <laughs> yeah i mean i'm sure you would make a boatload you definitely would make more money selling food at the food truck than whoever won the race would make yeah, scott you could yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> you could you could uh catch some you could sell some fresh caught fish you know yeah exactly dude they've got applebee's man this place is hopping that's all you need to they actually have an amazing burrito place i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but whatever burrito place it's Chilis. like you El walk burrito. In, uh, maybe you walk in there and the whole f- like the walls are painted black. So it looks kind of it looks like you're walking into I don't know. It, it It's like kind of grunge looking, not grunt like not like grungy, but the everything is black. And you're like, oh, what is Dude, this? Isn't place? that your style, man? Aren't you like super goth <laughs> no, I, and edgy? Uh, I, <laughs> I think that's Keegan's like, Keegan's <laughs> ideal wall color. <laughs> okay well it's not el Lorito because they got lots of colors also, no sure. no dude it's <laughs> this is this place is actually good man this place is honestly i've eaten at a lot of burrito places this might be the best burritos i've ever had casa ramos it's gotta be this one me chavalita Dude, they got a lot of Mexican places in this. Yeah, place. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called, but I'm getting Mexican. Is it, is it yeah. Cinco de Mayo? Wow, it's yes. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the, the fifth. Mm-hmm. Scott, I feel like I feel like there aren't many opportunities to get Mexican cuisine in Spain. No, I could be wrong. Really? Are you wait? Are you confusing Spanish food with Mexican food? <laughs> well, first of all, it's called, if you order a first, wow, Girona Starbucks. Yeah, there's actually hmm. interesting. Interesting, um, dude. There, there's 21 places in Emporia. If when you type in burritos, there's like oh an boy. insanely amount, insane amount of. Mexican All right, I'll there. look up. I'll look up what the burrito places later, and we'll we'll get back to you on that for the next episode. <laughs> I'll let everybody know. I actually I won't let them know because if I let people know on this podcast, you're gonna come the best stalk burrito, you there, dude. I, I, I'm going to go to Emporia and like go to get my burrito and there's going to be a line out the door and I'm going to be pissed. So I'm and not telling I'm not telling you guys. Oh, I know what it is. <laughs> it's not going to be and they're El, all going to be there with El tires Taco to Bell. That's that's got to be it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Anyways, should we answer some listener? <laughs> Dude, have I ever told you the story about how I invented the seven layer burrito? No. Do you, do you sell it to them as your IP? No, dude. I 
in college, we like we went to like hit up late night Taco Bell, <clears throat> and I was not in a clear state of mind, and I for like minutes argued with them how I wanted five seven layer burritos, and they were like, "Bro, we only got we only got five layer burritos. Like we don't do seven layer burritos." And I was like, "I don't know what to tell you. Like I want a seven layer burrito. Actually, I want five of them." And literally, like two years later, they came out with a seven layer burrito. Dude, you should go sue them for like internet intellectual property theft. Yeah, I I should have. I mean, I just yeah, I like the records of of what happened that night were maybe a little fuzzy, so I don't know if I would like <laughs> that would hold up in court. But yeah, yeah. it was like legit, cat- and I even told them what the layers should be. I don't remember <laughs> what I told them, but I my friend said that I like told them like, hey, here's what it is: add these two things, seven layers. That's what I want. They wouldn't do it. Yeah, whatever cashier was working there that night definitely took that up to corporate and told them that that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's probably like the VP of the burrito division. Dude, I know. Seriously, that could have been me, man. Yeah. Uh, now you're okay, just we... stuck here doing a dumb podcast, <laughs> <laughs> dude. We've been getting blown up on the socials. All right, yeah, let's answer some questions. Okay, um, let's see. Should we go in order? Wow, twenty plus requests. Yeah, see, Scott, 20 people listen to this, unless you're creating <laughs> profiles. <laughs> I can't access them online. What the heck? What are Okay, well, I'm going to, I was going to start at the late, or the oldest ones, but I can't pull those up yet, so. It doesn't matter, uh, you just go in random order. Yeah, it's fine. This one comes from, dude, hasn't, hasn't this guy messaged in a lot? His, his his Instagram account is playing bikes. Yeah, dude, we had two questions from him last week. Yeah, dude, wow, we've do, we've done like forty questions from this guy. <laughs> All right, well, just, just uh, do rear fenders create downforce? Downforce <laughs> gives you more traction. Mm, yeah, I would say uh, so. I think so. <laughs> Maybe is he asking? Yeah. So okay, here's the thing, though. It, it might give you more traction in a corner if you had downforce on your bike. But if you also have downforce on your bike, that's increasing your weight, right? Oh, and, and in which case the increased weight would be better. I don't know if we're thinking about the uh, physics no, it doesn't on this increase correctly. Your, it doesn't increase your mass. It just creates like your downward force, which is different. Right. right. Yeah. I don't know. Playing bikes, why don't you try it out and let us know. Do you, do, do you get more cornering power when you get that, put fenders on? Get that stuff in the tunnel. Okay, so so when we put a like this bike packing saddlebag on my bike in the wind tunnel, it actually made me more aerodynamic because it was like a thing hanging off my. <laughs> is that is that too Fred for you? You can't can't quite go to that level. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe I'll throw it on for unbound. I think just for keep it empty. I think for unbound, I'm just gonna have. The, I'll just have a uh, like the back of my saddle is just gonna look like the back of. Uh, you know, like no, a, a dude, torpedo. You, you should you should put it on there, and then you should attach your number plate to that. Mm-hmm. Like like a flag. Yeah, <laughs> it's just flapping, <laughs> flapping in the wind. Yeah, yeah. No, Unbound gets very. They get very pissed about you doing weird things with your number plate. Um, okay, his next question is: Does Pace and McElvin's mustache seem forced? Forced, like he forces know. forces the hairs to grow out. Like he concentrates like, real hard. Like may the force be with you kind of force i don't know i don't know i think that dude i've gotten so you know how i did that video about the spirit of gravel and like the whole thing was that i was wearing this fake mustache 
I've had a lot of people ask me, like, what's the deal with mustaches and gravel? And the honest, honest answer is I have no idea. I don't know why a lot of gravel pros have mustaches. A lot of people. Yeah. Is it, ir- is it like an ironic thing or uh, do you think they actually think it looks cool? It does look cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like did I, I feel like he's uh I feel like he's kind of put himself in a in a like he's branded himself so hard with this mustache that now he can't shave it off. Yeah, what you know? Like a yeah. I mean, yeah, if he if he wins unbound this year, he should just shave his mustache off as like a shock thing. You know, you remember when Peter Sagan had super long hair and then he got kicked out of the tour and he just shaved his head? No. I don't remember that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Dude, when I had my mustache, I had a mustache for like my the the first year of my kids or my kids' first year of life. Mm -hmm. And when I when I like I just one day I just shaved it off and went to pick him up from daycare, and he like legit would not come over to me. He like didn't know who I was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My dad. uh, My dad had a mustache for like the first probably like twelve years of my life, and then randomly. One morning we were going to the beach and we had to go to the beach super early for some reason. I don't know. It was like four in the morning. We had to start going to the beach and he shaved it off and none of us noticed for, I don't know, the first hour into the drive. And then all of a sudden my mom was like freaking out. Really? (laughs) Noticed that he didn't have a mustache and he had had a mustache for like 25 years or something. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was wild to, to change it up after a year, but... 25 years, that's, that's impressive. Uh, what's your take on Robin Carpenter's crash at Athens? Didn't see it. Mm. You got us. <laughs> really? Okay. Can we, like, easily YouTube it? Because I also haven't seen it. Um, Just go to any Legion Bros Instagram. Yeah, go to Cor- Okay. What do you think, Scott? I'm curious to hear your opinion. Think about what? Like, like so what, what happened? Can you explain for the audience that's not watching this video currently what happened? One guy, and, like, <laughs> Legion guy, just was like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was like, the guy tried to, yeah. And then, wow. It's, I feel like, I feel like it was a, it was like a legit move, right? Like everybody knows that you can dive bomb a corner. I mean, no one likes it, but it happens, but it was just poorly timed. And it sounds like from like, I've never done any of the speed week races, but it sounds like that corner in particular was like, or that course is like pretty tight and narrow and like just, did not pick a good spot to try to make. So yeah, that I've done. Yeah. That. Mm, yeah. I feel like crip, like crip people are constantly beefing about who crashed out who. Yeah. I don't know why you have. <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't Sounds know. like I an opinion. Yeah. I think it's just, it's like one of those, it's like one of those moves where it's like, again, like it's, it's totally okay if you're going to, if you're going to come up the inside, but like at a certain point you need to realize like, are you going to make it or are you not? And I think there's just some people that, don't have that like level of self-preservation of like, you know, they just kind of like the gap closes and they just try to keep going because they think they can still make it instead of like hitting their brakes and just like slotting in so that they can safely like, that's the part that, that frustrates me is when guys just like, again, they don't have the like awareness to like just touch their brakes for a second and make it through safely. Hmm. They risk life and or like endanger everybody else. But I mean, when you've got a field of like 180 dudes, like you're bound to have like, statistically speaking, like a handful of those guys who are are just that way. Yeah. Speaking of like... Their brains just work a little different. Yeah. I mean, like I like bringing it back to the the Epic Rides events, we were doing that fat tire crit at Oz Trails 
And I had this like one kid from Bear Devo just like chop me through three corners and then proceed to like open up the gap. Like he told, he got like a whole group of us dropped because he just like would chop the inside and then would like not be able to hold the wheel after that. So. Yeah, that, that's just that's just like putting a mountain biker in a crit. Yeah, for like the first time probably ever. <laughs> yeah, you just this uh, like, like this is an experience. Just don't do it. Just stop. <laughs> The, the funny thing is, like, I think those those crits, like, they say, like, they're mandatory, like, you have to do them, but it only matters for, like, because if you don't do it, then you get, like, um like you don't get a chance to, like, get called up or something like that, but it's, like, dude, you, unless you're going to win, like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, yeah. if you're going to, like, go there and be unsafe, like, yeah, I agree, just don't do it. Yeah. um Okay, what's the best way to troll Carrie Werner? What's the best way to troll Carrie Werner? Dude, I actually, I've got a good one. <laughs> so playing bikes next time you're going to a race that you think that you know that Carrie's going to be at you got to walk around the expo with your helmet on with a camp with a gopro on top mm-hmm. dude what do you think Carrie would do if i told him that his gopro on his helmet cost him like 20 watts he has to know that already dude i think he shockingly <laughs> cares a lot because he's tell he's he's he told me he like ordered aero socks and he's been posting these reels on his instagram where he's like all in an arrow position and talking about how much his triceps hurt yeah because he doesn't have any triceps so it's like their <laughs> muscles are developing real time <laughs> um dude i bet he's got a super strong neck though holding that gopro up for six hours yeah well also just holding his head up at that angle that his neck goes into his back you know <laughs> put that dude in a formula one car yeah i don't know i i have to imagine like it's quite obvious that the gopro on the top of your helmet is not improving aerodynamic drag <laughs> so like yeah but it's sideways dude it's sideways come on yeah <laughs> he, he 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 needs to like build some kind of little airfoil to put on the front back of it yeah he should also mount his number up there <laughs> <laughs> folded so that it is the airfoil <laughs> yeah dude dude yeah. when when i raised bwr this is really funny i um they you have to like they give you like these little like tags that you have to stick on your helmet like a triathlete mm-hmm. um and and i like i like forgot that it was on there for like two weeks because I, I like didn't use that helmet for a couple weeks and i like went to take it off and like the sticker peeled off mm-hmm. but it left the little tag behind <laughs> and and I like jokingly like I was I was taking a video of it at the time like I hadn't even done this yet right it was like this is all real time I peeled the sticker off the 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 like magnetic tag stayed behind and it literally said alien on it <laughs> like that's what it like that's what it said and I just left it on there but uh I don't know I don't know why I brought that up but I thought it was funny yeah dude you should I wonder if you built like a uh, like on the back of your helmet if you had like a, a mount for your number, like would that give you more downforce or that mm. create? <laughs> dude, <laughs> I guess I would just we've, push you your we've talked about, them, like a, Dude, we like have talked about downforce yeah. way more than any <laughs> cycling podcast ever has in this episode. Uh, the amount of times we've said matter. downforce in this episode. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, his last question, he says, I'm preparing for Unbound. Can I just increase my volume by 100% for the next three weeks, then taper and send it? Yes. Yeah, 100% you can. It's the yeah, best I mean, training plan. I think you should just start tapering now and just sit on the couch until unbound and then uh, see what happens. Also a good option. Yeah. Either You're either going to be way too fatigued going into the weight race or way too fresh. So you can weigh out those two options right there. <laughs> yeah. Both probably about equal outcome. 
Uh, okay, the next one's from Brian, and this is for you, Dylan. He says, Dylan, how hard is it to hold yourself back when people on the podcast say stuff like, yeah, that's the perfect mountain bike course for a 2.25 tire, when you know in the back of your mind that 2.4 is faster? Also, uh, does it hurt your feelings that your friends don't trust your knowledge? Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> hey, I man, will say me, that... Before I, you answer, <laughs> your feelings are trash, okay? Your feeling, disregard your feelings. Yeah, exactly. I think I, I think I texted you guys something about tires, and I said your feelings are BS, which I, I stand by that. Uh, if somebody said, like, 2.25 mountain bike tire is the perfect tire for a course, I mean, I'd be slightly agitated by that, but I think what's far more agitating is whenever Drew comes on the podcast and he starts talking about how, like, he would have won the race if he had 32s. (laughs) Well, that's what the winner ran, so that's exactly how it works, by the transitive properties. Right, yeah, the transitive properties. And honestly, what's very agitating is, is when Drew comes on and starts talking about the transitive properties as well. I also find that agitating. <laughs> so, so pretty much anything, anytime Drew's on, anytime Drew says did anything, you, it's agitating. Did you write the, the letter from our lawyers? Did you make a fake Gmail account to basically be like, Drew can't I, come on anymore? I did not do that. <laughs> no. That was hilarious. I, I, um, I, I forgot that Drew kind of listens to the show and he like, he was kind of freaking out about that. Yeah. 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 As he should be. I mean, yeah, he, say dumb stuff, that's he's what for sure the most offensive person on this podcast by far. And he uh, he's so offensive that YouTube is refusing to monetize his channel. He keeps asking me, he's like, dude, how did you get monetized? I'm like, I don't know. I just sent in the request and like 20 minutes later, they're like, congrats, you're monetized. And it's been three months for him, probably more. You just got to do better, Drew. <laughs> yeah, just got to exactly. get better. Um. Dude, Dylan, so I, I've been running those, uh, or this week I, I put some of those 47 Pathfinders on. Mm-hmm. Like, do you actually believe they're faster than 42s? <laughs> uh, why don't you go to a section of gravel and ride it at a certain power output and then switch to your 42s and ride it again at the same power output and see what you find? I know. I, I'll do that at some point. I knew you were going to say that. But like, and I know that you think feelings are trash, dude. But like, when you have a tire that just feels slow, like it, it has to also be slow. Are you, are you just trying, are you like, are you just trying, is this a, you read this guy's question and you're like, let's see if we can get Dylan worked up right now. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> I feel like that's what you're doing. No, I've been testing these like 47 mil tires out, like for like three or four rides this week and like and they think- feel they feel comfy and i feel like i can like just run over shit with them mm-hmm. it's like a tractor tire but yep. they also just feel like um like lugging around like a big do hunk I, of rubber okay do i need to explain why your feelings are trash do i need to like give you the why right now dude we're definitely not going to be sponsored by better help at any point in your future <laughs> or maybe 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 they're gonna feel trash. so ba- so bad for us that they're they're gonna sponsor us they're giving they're like we, we need to turn these guys around three month of counsel <laughs> uh no, i i understand like the objective na- nature of like of like uh of like you know scientific testing but like what i'm telling you is that there's also okay all right like so like, you're, you're riding why... your bike like it has to like your feelings do have to your perception of like what's going on has to play a role at some here. Point. Here's why a wider tire. And I think these, this is why wider tires are so slow to catch on. Um, like it took so long in road. It took so long in mountain bike and you know, gravel is in still in its infancy. So it's going to be a while, but 
I think this is why it takes so long to catch on. This is why wide tires are fast, are are feel slower, but are actually faster. Um, so when you're riding on a bumpy surface, the more bumps you feel at a higher vibration and a higher frequency, the faster you feel like you're going. Like if you're going down the road and you're like jittering up and down and and you feel like you're going very fast because the whole bike is vibrating. It makes it feel I, like you're I, going I, fast. I get it. I, I know that. Oh, okay. What about on <laughs> pavement though, dude? Like they are definitely slower on pavement. Uh, I haven't tested them on pavement, but there's, there's quite a few, um, there's, uh, I know they, they've tested that like the wire, the, the tire doesn't affect rolling resistance. And I mean, like, it you, will you've affect talked about this ad nauseum. I get it. it. W- okay. All right. Yeah. It will affect aerodynamics. Like it is a less aerodynamic tire for sure. So there's that. Um, but yeah, I mean a, a wider tire is going to feel, it's going to feel slower is the thing, but it's not. Well, all I gotta say is, like, it feels nice, feels comfy, but I just, I, I legit just don't think it, it, I don't think it's any faster. But it's fun, so I'm, I'll, I'll give you that part. Maybe, maybe you just, it's maybe you fun. don't even, maybe you don't even care about speed. You just care about having fun on your bike. For sure, and you gotta, that's that, that, that matters, man. You know, like, yeah, I mean, maybe, that's maybe you're discounting results. your feelings. <laughs> um, okay, we forgot about a race that happened this weekend because we got a message from uh, one of your Brevard homies, Tyler Clark. He said, okay. if you want to include a little Canadian action on the podcast, let me know. We just finished an epic Gravel Nationals. We totally forgot about our homies up north. Oh, yeah, Gravel Nationals. They had their Nationals. Gravel Nationals. I Dude, didn't forget about my nasty. homies up north. I spent half this ra- half this podcast talking about Adam Roberge. <laughs> yeah, but, and you completely forgot that he, like, did a race this week. Yeah. It sounded like he was in the – so, from what I heard, he was in the breakaway with Curtis White. Curtis White, not even Canadian, won Canadian Gravel Nationals. Um, so it sounded like he was in a break with Curtis white, the two of them. And then there was like a mud section really close to the finish. And he just botched the mud section. And unsurprisingly, Curtis white with his cyclocross skills wrote it. So Adam Roberge got caught by another Canadian who beat him and he ended up getting second. And I don't even know the Canadian that won the race. So that's, that's just what I know. Evan Russell. There you go. Exactly what Dylan's. So yeah, why exactly. why was Curtis White allowed to race Canadian Gravel Nationals? Mm-hmm. Can somebody explain that to me? So they did Canadian Gravel Nationals at an event called Perry Ancaster. So it's the same with U.S. Gravel Nationals, right? They're doing it at the Rubby Do whatever race. I've never is, heard of that. Is, is that a race that ha- right? That that's what it is, right? <laughs> I don't know. Is that a is that a race that happens every year? Yeah, it's in like Western Nebraska, I think. Don't quote me on it, but it is. Yeah, Western Nebraska. Okay, I don't know how you say it, but it it used to be a a gravel race that you know probably attracted you know Dylan people of your tier of talent, second or third tier talent. And <laughs> the race um, <laughs> in Nebraska. Yeah, 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 I think they had prize money last year or something. But in any case, um, they so they did it at Perry Ancaster. So you had a lot of people from like particularly New England head up there, and then. Canada was like, you know what, we're going to do gravel nationals at this event that already exists, already has the infrastructure. And yeah, that's why. That's It why doesn't really sound like a gravel race. It sounds like a road race with mud sections. Uh, yeah, it's not like a... So it's like a I, BWR. Never, yeah, I've never done the event, I mean, but I not think it's even, a point dude, it's to like a, It's like a BWR if it rained. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, what is gravel, man? Define it for us. 
Yeah, small, yeah, I mean, but it has to have gravel small rocks. That's what gravel is. It's small rocks. So, like, what what is the race if it uh, if it if the two surfaces that you ride on are mud and pavement? Is that technically a gravel race? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. But your tires uh, must be bigger than thirty five. Otherwise, it's just light road, heavy road. Yeah, or like cyclocross plus. <laughs> Uh, okay, this one comes from Kyle. He says, hey guys, I have a question about what I should spend my money on this year. I'm thinking of either getting Garmin XC200 power pedals or selling my mountain bike and getting something more race-specific. Okay. My A-race this year is Margie Gessick. Mm. Uh, my current bike is a 27.5 Santa Cruz 5010. I don't have a power meter on any of my bikes, but I do train with power during the winter months on an indoor trainer. Dude, I don't know. It's, mm, don't, Santa Cruz don't 5010, s- that's like not even like a, that's like an enduro bike, isn't it? I think the solution is don't sell anything and buy all the things. You'll be fine. <laughs> it's financial advice. <laughs> what would you, I mean, have you done that race, Dylan? No, but it's a, it was, used to be part of the NUE series and it's a very technical 100 mile course. Um, like it took the winter. I don't know, 10 hours or 11 hours, which is really long for a hundred mile mountain bike race. And it's just cause it's so technical. Um, so you're definitely going to want, I mean, I would, I would, so I haven't done the race, but I would think that the perfect bike for that course is like some, one of these newer, like 120 mil travel XC bikes, with beefy tires, you know, like a 120 mil travel XC race bike with probably two, four Aspis or something. Like, like do you that. have a specific bike that you would recommend? Yeah, probably the Factor Lando. Um, totally not oh, that's biased. A good call. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, the fifty ten. I think you'd it would slow you down at that race for sure. I think you'd probably and then, but then you're also weighing that against like, could you train better if you had the power meter? I don't know. I'm just going back to my first recommendation. Just buy all like buy the power meter and buy the nicer bike and don't sell your 5010 yeah dude and and here's like a little buying advice if you're gonna spend money spending a little bit more money hurts like less than just spending that original little bit of money so like if you're gonna spend five grand on a bike just spend six grand with the power meter Mm. and like you know you don't really feel that impact that that is good advice (laughs) (laughs) again feelings don't matter but you're saying that feels better. That's is that not what you said? It feels better to spend six grand yes. than five grand. <laughs> yeah, and also feelings don't matter. <laughs> okay. Um, then someone sent send in a sent in a picture. Oh man, dude, they're competing with you. They have buku amounts of Pathfinder Pros. Better watch what out. Is, what is buku? A lot. A lot. Patrick. It's, f- it's French for a lot. Yeah, Patrick mm-hmm. is rolling in the Pathfinders. How many? Um, <laughs> Count them. <laughs> I don't know. Now the picture are gone. they even? Are they even the forty sevens? They were. Yeah, they were forty sevens and forty two. Whoa, dude! All right, yeah. dude. Y'all need to stop buying. I'm trying to find some tires for some of these races I'm doing, mm. and I can't because you greedy homies <laughs> keep buying them all up. I got some thirty eights. Nice. Perfect. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a good call. <laughs> Uh, someone, someone sent in a picture and said thoughts on this setup when Dylan is going, when is Dylan going to start taking aerodynamics seriously? And it's from Justin and it's like a picture of, I don't know if you can see that. Is that like a, what is that? 
Is that his water bottle, like, right next to his... I don't know, but he's like, he oh. looks like he's like hugging something. Dude, he? his, his one water bottle is, his one water bottle is <laughs> pointed straight to his crotch. You see that? Like that like water cool. bottle, if he squeezed it, he'd look like he pissed himself. Well, he is a triathlete. So. <laughs> that's uh, e- efficient cooling. Oh man. Dude, that's not, I didn't we say that's the guy that's going to win unbound this year? That's maybe. Unbound setup Have right we seen there. this before? Maybe. I, I think I maybe, like, maybe we, we sent it in, uh in a message or something yeah yeah so for those who are listening that guy had a water bottle pointed straight to his crotch and then he had another water bottle that was like right it was probably centimeters away from his head and he had a bladder on the on his front yeah he had all the arrow water configurations in one yeah (laughs) okay let's do one more and then i gotta go because i got another meeting um okay so i'm a big fan it's not like a national holiday that you get time (laughs) off for (laughs) i got mexican eight o'clock eight o'clock dude the restaurants don't even open until like 10 in spain you're fine yeah okay this is the last one this is from john he says i'm a big fan of the resources and gadgets that soka has given us access to over the last few years i've been playing around with their tire pressure calculator for nearly a year now and have found for most gravel applications it is pretty spot on however to me it seems like the data it gives out for road pressures is way too high. For example, my inputs are, uh, he, he says him and his bike weigh 177 pounds surfaces, worn pavement tire width is 28. Uh, he uses high performance tires with latex tubes. There's your problem right there. Uh, speed is fast group rides. And then he, I don't know, road bike. And the recommended Pete, Pressure is 78, rear 76 and a half front. There's your problem there. Getting way too specific with road tire pressures. <laughs> um, th- this just seems way too high for tubeless uh, 28 millimeter tires. I ride, I mostly ride slash race off-road, but doing assault on Mount Mitchell this year, which is a road event, and he's trying to get his pressures dialed. I know Dylan is closely involved with Silka, and he's curious what your thoughts are. This gravel, my the gravel seems spot on, but road is way too high. Uh, I mean, let, I let, wait, let's let's yeah, let the resident roadie talk here. All right, Scott, what do you think? Is that uh, too high? Like, I don't know, maybe seventy-five. <laughs> let him go down in forty. <laughs> in in everywhere in between is fine, right? Yeah, I mean, so like you don't you don't dial it down to the exact psi. I bought half a psi, dude. Yeah. Half a psi, half seventy-six point five. No way you can <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do you, do you do you uh pump the rear up higher than the front? Couldn't tell. Yeah. Scott, I'm surprised you don't think in bars now. Like, you know, you pump your tires up to like, you know, three bar or whatever. The bar just less accurate. Uh-huh. That seems like more your style <laughs> though, bro. Just like no, give me I'm three bars roughly. Yeah. Okay, well now we'll we'll let Nerdy Dylan chime in also, here. This guy's been Dude, you should just you should just years. like measure your tire. <laughs> you should just measure ride, your just go ride your bike and then whatever. <laughs> Coaching by Scott. Scott, you should just measure your tire pressure by like how, you know, like how how cooked the potato is. Like, you know, the more you cook a potato, the softer it gets. So like if it's down at 15 psi, that's like a really overcooked potato. But if it's oh, it's super so hard, it's like a raw potato. You know what I mean? And if I hit, hmm. you know, I knew I knew a mountain biker who uh, he said the way that he you know checked if his suspension was at the right pressure is he just hucked himself off of like a jump or something or a drop, 
And if he bottomed it out, it was too low and he had to put some more in. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's actually that's, very reasonable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't know. Dylan. I forget what the question was. What the. Is 78 or 76 and a half PSI too high for 700 by 28 millimeter tires? If you're running tubeless, probably not. Uh, okay. So what I was going to say about this, I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but I have actually tested different pressures at you know, what I was just saying to Adam, what he should do to see if his 47s are faster or not. Is Discount I've, all feelings. <laughs> right. Exactly. Is I've ridden a section of gravel at the same power output with different pressures. And my starting point is always what Silka, the Silka pressure calculator t- tells me to run. And then I'll go lower and I'll go higher and I'll see if it gets faster. And I'll be honest, the Silka pressure calculator gets very close every time. I mean, this guy knows almost, that. He, he already told us that. Right. So the second thing that I was going to say is I have not done that with road tires. So so tell Jonathan here, what, what would be the best protocol for him to figure this out? Do exactly what I just said. So find a section of road. Hopefully it's not a windy day. Like pick the pick a day that's not windy if that's possible. Um, find a section of road, ride it at a certain power output, then lower. You know, start with the Silka recommendation, then go lower, ride it at the same power output, go higher, ride it at the same power output, and the more times you repeat it, uh, the better. And just see if Silka is is right or not. How long of sections are we talking? Like a minute? Or are we talking like 30 uh, minutes? The section I do is two minutes long. Okay. There you so, go. Now, so, like, Silka has a whole episode about the Chung method, which is probably even better is if you use the Chung method. I'm not going to explain all of that, mostly because I don't even know. That sounds know. like Scott's method. If you hit the rim, it's going to be too low. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. This is even nerdier than the method that I just said to do. So what is the assault on Mount Mitchell? Is that just uh, uphill a, or is that uphill and downhill? It's a road ra- It's like a hundred mile ride. I don't know if it's a ride or a race. To be honest, I've never done it. But it's like a hundred miles and it ends with you going up Mount Mitchell, which is the highest mountain in, I'm going to butcher this. I don't know if it's the highest mountain in North Carolina or it's the highest mountain on the East Coast. I don't know. I think One it's the, the highest two. mountain east of the uh, Mississippi. There you go. So it ends with, climbing up that and it's road Hmm. so it's pretty gnarly it's it's a really you know you really need your pressure dialed for that one sick okay well let's wrap it up there we got a boatload more questions we need to just do an episode where we like don't talk about anything except listener questions i think we had an episode like that two or three episodes ago and we ended up talking about stuff for 40 minutes that wasn't questions all right next Next episode that we don't have a race to talk about, we just, you have to start the podcast by reading a listener question. So we get the ball rolling. Okay. We'll just re- yeah, we'll reverse the, the order next time. Cool. Sick. Okay. Scott, you're free to go do your uh, Cinco de Mayo festivities now. Nice. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> he just logs off instantly. <laughs> okay. We'll see you guys. Later. See ya.